Welcome to the Business as Mission podcast, dedicated to those who long to see God glorified in business and the nations reached for Christ. Your host is Mike Bayer, longtime BAM leader and founder of Third Path Initiative, an online education resource for starting and growing BAM businesses around the world. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Business's Mission podcast. I'm Mike Bear, and I am here. I'm excited for today's episode because we get to talk with Mark Pallette, who is um, has kind of been becoming increasingly my go-to guy for all things environmental. So, Mark, first of all, welcome, welcome to the program. So good to finally have you on here. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be back with you. So, Mark is uh, he is in Canada. He is um, as we as I used to frustrate my Canadian friends saying that he lives in the 51st state, but uh, a great, great area, great. He's in the central part of the country, beautiful, beautiful land. And Mark is um, focused primarily on creation care, uh, the fourfold bottom line, that piece of it, the environmental impact. And, and one of the reasons I'm just so excited to have him on here is because he and I were talking yesterday about this, you and I were, Mark, that there are so many people in the BAM movement that that are paying lip service to environmental impact and creation care. Not that they don't mean it. I don't mean it like it's hypocritical. It's just they. It's so hard to wrap our heads around. What? Uh, how does a BAM company, you know, actually impact the environment as we seek this this fourfold bottom line? So let me just let's just start with that and just tell us about creation care. Mark and I have an agreement that this will go. This conversation will go wherever God wants to take it. Uh, it, it we will cover the topics that, that He wants us to talk to talk about. But so, Mark, just just you know, respond to I guess my introduction of you know, Bambers are struggling. They just don't do much. They want to. They just don't can't get their heads around it. So, what? Tell us what it is, and, and more importantly, what can, what can we do about that? Yeah, that's a, a great uh, question. Uh, Mike and answering that might take our full time together, but let's just give it a good shot. So my involvement with Creation Care and Businesses Mission started in 2013, and I had basically given up on the environmental side. My wife, Terry, and I had uh, run both a waste management company and an environmental consulting firm, and we had given that up so that we could work in Businesses Mission, thinking that that part wasn't needed. And then our dear friend, Matt Stunehag, was talking about uh, the four bottom lines at the 2013 Business Mission BAM Global Conference. And he's talked about these four bottom lines, and Terry and I had just started getting into redemptive businesses, businesses mission as operational contractors. And I stood up, and I'm praying this was the Holy Spirit that did this. It sure got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but I stood up in the in the question part, and I said, Matt, he says, let's be real. I said, you talk about four bottom lines, but I don't see very many people doing the environmental bottom line. Why don't we drop it? And the whole room of 515 people, Mike, went confessionally quiet. Yeah. I think I, I think something hit them, the Holy Spirit hit them, and they they kind of went, you're right. Well, that comment got me in a ton of trouble <laughs> uh, and then had me speak back into creation care issues, which I thought I'd given up as a biologist uh, stepping into BAM. And so a number of things came out of that. Um, one was the wealth creation, stewardship creation paper that we did for Lausanne, where we talked about the uh, creation care mandate in Genesis, worked through that to Romans 1, where we talk about the book of creation and how angry Paul gets mm. that people cannot see God because they should be able to see him within creation. 
And the challenge I put to our brothers and sisters was, if we keep tearing the pages out of the book of creation, how are we going to see the Lord therein? Mm. And then going to Colossians 1, where we see that Christ is in creation, of creation, for creation, all creation is held together by him. So again, we can see Christ, Jesus, within creation, not in a pantheistic way. We don't worship the trees. We worship the creator who made the trees. And how does that reflect then in our stewardship within business's mission? The change of the last 10 years, Mike, has been profound. In 2013, uh, Steve Rundle, the, Dr. Steve Rundle, did a survey and and talked about uh, of all the business mission companies presented at the same conference that I got myself into trouble. Yeah. And and he he found that there wasn't even enough response by the business mission uh, people that he surveyed to even answer the question on what do they think about environment. So 13% only of his people responded. When, when my colleague, Anna Graha, Clyde Quad and I did a did the same survey again in 2020, 86% of those individuals said, we need to do something about the environment, but we just don't know how. So complete reversal of percentages, right from 13% that spoke about environment to begin with to 14% that didn't speak about environment uh, 10 years later. So it's changed. The whole attitude has changed. Yeah, and I, I, I've seen that as well, Mark. I mean, I, in the conversations I have with people, uh, whether it's through Zoom or, or actually going to places like India, I was just a couple of oh. weeks ago, and it, it is being talked about, whereas, as you say, a decade ago, it wasn't on anybody's radar screen. Very few people um, you know, thought about it, gave any, any credence to it, and now you do hear it, but, but then you, you made an important statement just then in my mind that, okay, we, we know it's important. We're not a thousand percent sure what it is, but most importantly, we're not sure how to do it. And, yes. and I think that is some of what I, I want to be able to talk with you about, because I know you and your, your, your circle spend a lot of time thinking through this, advising people <laughs> through it, helping them set up meaningful programs. And so just how, as, as you, as you have seen it evolve, how are you answering that question today? How, how do we do it? What are some of the things we need to look at? I maintain that part of the, the glory of creation, part of the, the, the joy, I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan, and I love The uh, Magician's Nephew, where, yeah. where you know, Aslan sings creation into being. And uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know that he did, but it, it sure gives me joy to think that he did, how much, how much delight he took in what he made including us, but, but everything else as well, and then gave it to us as this gift, as this, um, this amazing playground to explore and enjoy and manage. And, and then, of course, look at where we are. Uh, yeah. Like everything else, you know, the, the fall has devastated even creation. So it's, it, it's exciting. It's vital. I, I love thinking about this, but I'm, I would be one of the 86% that said, yeah, it's really important, but I don't have a clue what to to do. So, so how how do you go there? Where how do you start conversations with people to help them discover some of the answers? Well, just to follow up on that really expressive uh, statement that you just made, Mike. I mean, uh, creation is now singing back to God, right? If you read yeah. the Psalms, uh, it's singing back to God in, in praise and glory to Him. And so, I think I think uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, conceit about uh, Aslan singing creation into place is probably a pretty good one. And 
the other aspect about that is that um, getting back, getting to answer your question now is one of the principles that we bring forward is that every redemptive business, every business's mission, every B four T is an environmental company. They either are having an impact on the environment, the impact environment is having an impact on them. And how do they manage that? How do they work that through? And I have a lot of empathy for them because they're trying to keep their bottom line positive. They're trying to make their spiritual goals work, their spiritual impact go through. They're trying to do social good, which is often intimately tied with environmental good, to allow the people that they love thrive in the areas that they're working in. And so what people like myself and Anugrah Gaikwad and Rubina Gattas have been trying to do is build resources to allow these companies who are overworked and, and on fire for the Lord to be able to meet their environmental goals so they can see their, the region around them flourish environmentally and socially, particularly as they preach the good news. And that's one of the things we're working on. The other thing, Mike, is I've promised you I'm looking forward to building or working or somehow building that curricula for your, uh, and here's the advertisement part for your, for your third path courses, because I think it needs to be in there as well. To, so they right from the beginning, they can learn about the environmental aspect. And we've got four papers uh, that we've put out that help get people started. It's on the BAM Global website, and uh, you can I, you can post them in your show notes for this, and uh, yeah. people can start with that. And then as they see and feel so called to reach out back to Anagraha and myself about how we can build the, the action plans that come out of those papers to give them even more resources to be able to meet their environmental goals. So, and just for our listeners, we will have all of these resources listed in the show notes. You'll be able to have links to where these papers are. Uh, and, and I'm going to hold Mark to it. He very graciously offered to put, a, put together a course for Third Path Initiative uh, in our sort of beginning stages of BAM companies getting started thinking about it and really integrate that, that aspect in. It, it's just I'm so excited about that because I am not qualified to do it. I believe in it. I love it. But I, I, I'm not qualified to do it, and you are. So, um, so something you and I were talking about, I guess, a couple of days ago, that that really stirred our hearts was there is a a correlation we we, we talked about, not necessarily causality, but there's this correlation between where the unreached people groups are, and and, and I'm, I'm going to go editorial here for just a second. Um, Mats and I have talked a lot about this recently. That we're both very concerned that the BAM movement may lose its its sort of cutting edge purpose, which is to take the gospel to the unreached. I mean, surely to every creature. It's not discriminatory that way, but if BAM, the modern BAM movement emerged in the UPG movement. And so, yes. you know, that's still for me, top of mind, center of my heart. You've been operating in Central Asia, which is a part of the world I love dearly. Yeah. But we were talking about this Tuesday and, you know, we both kind of landed this place. This, there's a correlation between the the degradation of the creation of the environment and the peop, the the places where the the unreached people groups live. And so, I'd love for you to chat about that because there's I, I, there's something real, very real there that that we as as believers as as people that are committed to seeing the kingdom come, uh, we we need to we need to poke our heads in there because it is a it. You, you just can't make this stuff up. If you go to an unreached people group area, and it it, it is they're re- relatively uh, devastated environmentally. Sure. I mean, it's just shocking sometimes. And so you and I have both seen this. We both care about it. So 
what, what do you see there? How, where's your head going with that one? Because I know you know you were the first one to say, well, it's not causality, maybe a little bit, but certainly there's there's overwhelming correlation. How do you think about that? How should we think about that? Yeah, that's really good, Mike. And and um, this came out of a paper that Anagraha and I did called Challenge and Hope, which will be in the show notes. And we overlaid the map off the Joshua Project with the unreached people groups. And then we laid on top of that the map where the highest water stress and the highest air stress or air pollution was. The correlation was absolutely amazing. Like it was, it was so profound, particularly in India, Central Asia, uh, West Asia and the like. And we just saw that over and over again and also North Africa. And we just realized that where there's barren hearts, there's barren lands. And we, and if we're going to do but anything- say that, to, say that last thing again. Yeah. So where there's barren hearts, there's barren lands. And we need to restore both, both restore both the barren hearts and the barren lands. And uh, Mike, you and I, I love Central Asia. We've been there. We've worked there and continue to work there. And one of the things I noticed as I was walking through it is that as I was working out in the valleys that there's, we'd lost the montane forests, you know, that you would see in Colorado or Oregon or Idaho or Alberta. And then I looked up and I saw that they were grazing way up too high and, and, and the pastures were really badly degraded. And then I looked at it, I went, well, they've been pushed up there because their summer pastures have been taken over by arable agriculture in the former Soviet Union days on land that's pretty marginal. And what's occurred on that land now is it's been degraded of any organic matter. So it's a high input, high fertilizer load. And they're trying to just barely make ends meet both on the arable land, uh, agrarian side and on the pastoral side. And all the environment has been degraded from alpine through forest, through pasture, through arable land, and how can we turn that around? And so we're we're looking to come up with a number of initiatives on that. One's the Environmental Technology Initiative, where we're challenging people to build technologies to help restore uh, the, these lands and to restore the vitality and the vigor of the people as we share the good news, because the two go absolutely hand in hand. We'll be right back after a short break. If you'd like to help with expenses and expansion of the Business as Mission podcast, you can become a donor through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash BAM stories. This podcast is brought to you by generous donors and sponsors. You can become one by going to patreon.com slash BAM stories. As you're talking, I'm thinking about Central Asia in particular, because that's where I most encountered the former Soviet influence. I also did in Russia proper, but the, yeah. but in Central Asia in particular, I, I don't look at this as an, an, an intentional degradation. Somebody didn't set out to do this. It was, it was ignorance or lack of resources or lack of knowledge, whatever. And your, por- your, your point about just the arable land, if you haven't been to that part of the world and, and anybody with an agrarian uh, background, it, it's some of, some of the poorest depleted soil on the planet. It, it, it just, there's almost no natural nutrition in that land at all. All has to be put in artificially, which is exactly. a terrible, vicious cycle. But yeah. I always think of myself, like, how did we get to this point? And, and it, for some, it was just a matter of survival, of not knowing. And Absolutely. So what, a, what an amazing opportunity for BAMers to think about AgriBAM, uh, you know, because we, we are, 
we know of great resources and great practices that could restore that land, could could actually see it healed. The same with the waters. Uh, you know, Central Asia's got some of the most beautiful rivers and lakes, Lake, Lake Issaquah, for example. I mean, magnificent. Magnificent. We're ruining it. Yeah. I think, you, oh man, you're right on top of it, Mike. And that's what we were hoping to start with the regeneration initiative. So the challenge that our dear friend Don Simmons brought is that we need a longer term vision because this is a generational change, right? This is a four to five years of restoring the agricultural soil, 30 years of restoring the biome and that, and that area. Mm-hmm. And then of course the intentional gospel message through that area will take a generation as well. And you, you were part of the first generation, you and Matt's were coming to the second generation of amazing people that are coming through there. And that's what's so exciting about it. And we need more. Um, Mike, of course it's love. It's tough living in these areas that have bad air and bad soil and bad water. And you're worried about your kids and stuff like that. And we need brave, brave people to come into those unreached people groups in that hard environment to live and to help them flourish because God loves them so much. Yeah. And, and this area needs to be reclaimed both by heart and by land for them. Well, and that, that goes back to a, a principle I was taught by my mentor many, many years ago uh, about, about the mission field. He said, the need is not the call. The love of God is the call. Oh, so well said. And and so we can look at this and go, oh, it's so needy, let's go fix it. But that won't sustain you. No. Uh, because it is hard, you know, I mean, on any, at every level, it's just really hard. But the love of God compels us. The love of God constrains us, Burn. sustains us in those si- situations where it's still hard. But I can remember working in a northeastern uh, port city of China and where the air pollution was so bad at the end of the day, you could take a white handkerchief and just wipe your face and you would look at it, it would just be gray. Just like this slimy gray. And that's that's what's going in your lungs, right? So you think think about that as a pristine way of living. It's like, no, I don't want to go there. But then you you begin to get in touch with the love of God for these people. And you know that he's, he's interested passionately interested in them in as he is in us um and and i'm and so i'm thinking about this you know the, this regeneration idea because you know part of part of where i've been led theologically and i think it dovetails with what you're talking about is this this doctrine of the restoration of all things amen that it's not just the restoration of the human spirit it's not just as glorious as it is it's not just saving souls but it is restoring the family as an institution, reforming yes. the government as the organ of, of justice, restoring education as as the discovery and exploration of this beautiful universe that we've been gifted, and of course, I you won't. know, business as a as the wealth generating engine and a, and a force for societal good. So I look at that, and I think, you know, that when you say regeneration, I really want you to unpack that for us because I and you lit up when you said it. So I know you want yeah. to talk about it. I really want you to, but I should keep thinking about it. when we see. What God is doing, and we and, and suddenly it is the whole gospel for the whole man. Uh, we are recognizing that creation care, uh, the restoration of of depleted land, you know, the the, the cleaning cleansing of waters. I mean, all of that is very much His heart. And it dawned on me the other day again, not for the first time, but how broken hearted God is for what sin did and does to His creation. Certainly, us is the the crown of, of creation, but even to the even to the earth, even yes. to the solar system. I mean, what 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 sin has done 
And this is God's pride and joy. So yes. I, I just that's me sermonizing in between. I want to ask you about regeneration. Tell us about it, and 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 just because you know, I mean it, it's uh, it showed up in the email you sent me today, and I thought I, I I think I know what it means, but I really want to I really want to understand it better, and I know our listeners do as well. Yeah. So this this is the marriage of the of the gifts that the Lord has put on a, a number of people's hearts, and I I'm really at the early stages, so I'm really looking forward to our listeners getting back to you and to me with their thoughts and their ideas of where this might go. I, th- I think what you just described in terms of the holistic redemption of creation is just really, really critical to this discussion. And there's been many people now that are starting to come along the same way. Uh, farming God's Way, which is now Foundations for Farming out of Africa, has, has really thought of this through on the agrarian side. And they have been very helpful to me in thinking this through on not only the agrarian side, but the biome restoration side. Other groups like Plateau Perspectives and stuff are working on this as well from the biome side. So the Lord, as always, the Holy Spirit is way ahead of us and is starting to put this whole team together. And of course, young people as a whole have a pretty good understanding of this idea of the redemption of creation, uh, like-minded young people. Um, And so they're they're totally with it, and I'm looking forward to them taking, taking over on this aspect. It's a combination of good theology, praying over the people of the land and over the land itself, going at the pace of the elders of the valley or the or the area we're working in so that it's locally led and locally stewarded and working with them with stories of creation and discipleship as we're rebuilding their memory and their knowledge of how this land was stewarded before and how we can get back there. That's going to be a challenge in a lot of areas in the former Soviet Union. Our elders have always lived under either Russian Empire or social or Soviet Union authority, and so they may not even remember how it was done before. But then we can even go around the corner to uh, the Uyghurs or the or the uh, Mongols, which had a similar agricultural system, and 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 see if we can rebuild it from there. As well as the theology, then we look at the science, and I think this is where we bring the science into the local knowledge, and. Um, with habitat restoration, soil restoration, particularly clean air and clean water technologies that we can bring forward, which are already in the BAM space and that we can bring forward to bless the people we're reaching and that God loves. And so we can bless them materially, environmentally, socially, and spiritually. And then we work through with them what that looks like. And I and I just got back, as you mentioned, from a listening tour in, in three of the Central Asian com- countries and I've seen the start of this starting to happen, particularly in one farm in Tajikistan where my brother, our brother and sister is doing such an incredible job. And if people want a specific connection, they can reach out to us. And we were walking along where he's built micro-irrigation along the windbreak. And of course, windbreak, as you know, in Central Asia, that's absolutely essential, right? Or your soul's going to blow away. And he's built this windbreak and he's built micro-irrigation mm-hmm. with a low-yield water, well water. And... We watched trees that were almost dead relief and and start growing again. And isn't that just the most beautiful picture of Christ's restoration of, of our hearts and of creation? And, yeah. and we watched little ants and wasps drinking from the drips of water coming out of the micro-irrigation pipes, right? And just life coming back to that part of the world in an efficient, really technically astute way, but a, a way that mirrors what the ecosystem wanted to do in the first place. I've been working on, on habitat restoration for 40-something years, Mike, and what I've found with what God's done in his re- 
incredible creation is you give creation half a chance, it'll take over, right? It'll just go. It's like it's somehow yeah. your efforts, your hands, your sweat, your blood fertilizes the soil and then creation just takes right over and away it goes and it restores. And I've watched creeks come back with trout returning to them. I've watched forests come back. I've watched plains come back with, with native grasses. And now I pray that we can do the same thing as well as bringing spiritual blessing to the people we love. What a, what a beautiful picture too. Even when you think about preaching the gospel and using the restoration of the yeah. land as, this, as an imagery of what we're talking about, and, and it's something people, they understand that. Yeah. And they see, as you say, life come back to the land. And then we begin to talk to them about life to a dead spirit. Wow. I mean, it, to me, that just it, it, it just connects. Uh, it, 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 I love what you said, Mark, about, you know, it just give, give creation half a chance. And that's, I'm convinced that's true. I, I, I marveled, and it's, this is one of the things about uh, the environment that, that this, you know, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, it's just there. And I remember thinking about, uh, the the functionality of the ocean as the ultimate cleansing mechanism for the earth, and you know this sometimes horrible stuff goes into it, and we freak out, and we we should, but not totally. And then because the uh, the uh, the ocean it, it, and its movement, the tides tied to the to the impact of the moon, totally. this whole beautiful system yeah. cleanses itself, it regenerates itself constantly, and so when you when you can can stop the overload and, and and you know give give creation a chance, I love that you said that. It makes me think of that line from Jura- the original Jurassic Park movie when uh, Jeff Goldberg says, um, "Oh, that's yeah, life will find a way." It's a profound statement, and and it's sort of a throwaway in the movie, but it life does find a way, and we're actually cooperating with the, the God driven forces of life when we step into the space and so to see it like you're describing forests coming back planes coming back grasses coming back rivers mm-hmm. coming back i mean and even the even the ants you know and we just again this whole beautiful system uh that that yeah, does amen. work yeah. perfectly yeah. when we get out of the way and we get to co-labor with god god in the garden i mean how good is that right jesus is right beside us with the hope yeah i mean that that's the joy that comes from working with the dirt and and like you said, this incredible complex mix of bacteria and fungus and other life forms, both in the soils and in the water, that can restore anything back given half a chance. So that's the, that's the joy and the hope that we have. And, and as you said, God, God is so far ahead of this uh, of us in this. We are. Uh, you know, we, we're just we're just following after Him. Yeah, which is exactly so what the whole Bam movement is meant yeah. to be as well. No, and it's just a joy to follow Him, isn't it, Mike? You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about. When I was a brand new Christian in university, and I, like many new Christians, went through a period of doubt as to, you know, is this, is this any of this real? You know, is this just all hooey? And I, was, I had a, one of my professors was a Harvard uh, divinity uh, PhD, and he was, he was an atheist, and, you know, he was really assailing my faith. And I remember just saying, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I mean, are you real? I, I just don't know. And I was sitting in a human anatomy class, uh, and and it just talk about how God works. It was this visual of how the, the valve system in the human circulatory system operates, right? So these one-way valves, every time your heart pumps, the blood goes through the valve and then it, the valve shuts so that it doesn't go back down. And it just, I began to realize that, you know, if it hadn't been for that, we would be 
if we lived, we would be these low, flat creatures because you couldn't couldn't stand up. It would be, I mean, physiologically impossible. (laughs) And and it's like God said, see? Wow. (laughs) Who do you you think did that? And so now when I hear you tell these stories about restoration of, of lands and forests and like I just like God is saying, see guys, yes. I'm 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 here for you to witness all the time. I'm yeah. giving you a show. I'm I'm displaying my glory once again, and it's just so powerful, man. That does uh, mirror Romans one, doesn't it? When when Paul talks about the book of creation, just to look at creation with wonder and awe, and just see the transcendence of mm-hmm. God right through it. You know, the intimate, joyful thing that He's done. It's incredible. So, what are you most focused on right now, Mark? I know you've got. A million things going. You're all over the world. Uh, your 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 tribe is increasing. I'm yeah. glad to see that. But what's 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 on your plate in the in the near and not too distant future? So specifically, working with a solar and wind company, and we're uh, designing indeed this this wind turbine that I've I've mentioned that the wind turbine that we can engineer then de-engineer so that it can be rebuilt in areas that uh, can keep these things running. Uh, for 30 or 40 years. As you know, you can bring all the technology you want to some of these areas, but if you don't have the maintenance in place yeah, and the local pieces, you know, your your wind turbine or whatever you're bringing, sewage treatment or whatever will break down. Yeah. And so we're, we're looking at that. I'm working with a, a goat farm in Tajikistan that will, that I think is going to do some great stuff and, uh, and then on agricultural services throughout Central Asia. So I am thrilled to be able to work on those specific projects I've got a curriculum for you to write since we can put some funding <laughs> and other stuff together on that. And and really to bless the next generation to to take up the environmental mantle in, in both the regeneration initiative, which I'm trying to set up. And I'm trying to figure out the business model for that. Uh, we talked with our dear friend Don Simmons this morning about that. And, uh, you know, this is a generational enterprise. And how does that work if, if um, the people are more short-term looking than that? But we're looking at blessing the not only the next generation, but the generation after that. Yeah. Now, we need to do that both with the gospel, bringing love, like you, like your colleague said, and um, and bringing practical solutions. So the regeneration and the environmental technology initiative, which come hand in hand, are something that I'm really well focused on currently. Uh, that's beautiful. I was, so you said something earlier about this next generation, the younger generation, really seems to be more aggressive, more excited about picking up the mantle, picking up the the work for the environment uh, than certainly my generation. I mean, I'm the classic boomer. I'm like dead center of the boomer generation. And we've done a pretty terrible job. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all things considered, but, but I, I hear that and I think, you know, Lord, that's the stuff that, that excites me knowing that there's, oh. the, that we're not going to be replowing the same furrow. They're going to be plowing bigger, longer, oh, deeper well furrows than we, yeah. than we ever dreamed of. And yeah. and it gives me hope for them and for the world when I see that and hear you say they're picking it up and yeah. because you know for a long for a long time they they didn't and now they are so it's it's just uh, yeah there's great hope man great confidence there, there's great confidence the next generation really looks at their the environmental management as as naturally as breathing and that's really the the premise when I started in this over 45 years ago was that I would hope that people and companies would just see their environmental responsibilities and, and integrate them within their business practices as natural as breathing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's just something you do. It's, 
you know, along with safety, along with fiduciary responsibility, along with you know, taking care of your people and, and a good HR plan, it's all part of the same thing happening. And that's what I think is going. I, I am so glad you said that. And as we, we start wrapping up this episode, I just want to come back and underscore what you just said, because I think for me personally, and for many in the BAM movement, they've been around for a while, we, we tend to categorize the environmental concept as a bolt-on. And you just said, no, it's a part of the whole, it's an integral part of the whole thing, just like every other system within a business. And that, that, that just clicks for me. I love that you said that. That was exactly what I needed to hear. So if nobody else gets it, I did. And I appreciate it. Oh, great. So Mark, I'm going to give you the last word and then, uh, and, and, and I'm going to trade you, I'm going to trade you an invitation to come back soon and keep us updated on this. Uh, for the for the chance to get the last word other than me just doing the sign-off. So leave us with something that uh, is really on your heart. Well, I just pour blessings on all the people working in business's mission right now. And uh, we know it's tough, but we also know the Lord is with you. And uh, he's bigger than any than anything you can face. And, uh, and you know, if you need any help, reach out uh, via the show notes to Mike and, and myself and let us walk with you and let other people walk with you. You're not alone. Yeah. Mike, I think that's what you're doing through this podcast is you're affirming that all these awesome people that are spreading the gospel around the world are not alone. They have our Lord Jesus with them. They have us with them. Let's walk in this together and celebrate this good, good earth and uh, the restoration of souls and of soil together. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll leave it at that. Mark, thanks for being with us. Do come back. Uh, for the listeners, look in the show notes for contact information and links to some uh, some papers that Mark and his colleagues have written. Just uh, get familiar with this and that last Whoa. comment that Mark made to all of us. We are, you aren't alone. Um, and and that is, that's the purpose of BAM Global. That's the purpose of what we do. That's why we do these podcasts is just to say there's a, there are a lot of us. There are 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So just you are not by yourself. And, and, uh, and be encouraged and reach out. We're, we're a network of people all of us love helping each other. It's part of the joy of it. So again, Mark, thanks for being with us and look forward to talking again. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. We invite you to become part of the story by supporting the BAM podcast at patreon.com slash BAM stories. There's a link in the notes with this episode. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or triventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen.